the Hollywood is in disarray right now. I mean, it's with the strikes and just everything, the types of movies that are being made. Like, I just, I really think that there's a real craving for change uh, in, in this business, on the business side and also on the creative side. Now, everything, everywhere, all at once, winning the Oscar last year was so fucking huge because that is an indie through and through and it's a risky way to tell a story and it's bold and so the bottom line is that the the industry is ready for change and so i think that that creates a really interesting opening with the web3 technology and the mindset of web3 and of nfts i i think that there's synergy there welcome to the nft now podcast your go-to source to succeed in the fast-moving world of web3 I'm Matt Medved. Each week, we interview visionary creators, builders, and collectors, so you can stay up to date on the most important trends and tactics for the internet's next frontier. GM, GM, and welcome back to the NFT Now podcast. I'm Matt Medved, and today's guest is Julie Pacino, a filmmaker, photographer, and director as well as the daughter of acclaimed actor Al Pacino. Julie has been a pioneer at the intersection of film and Web3 with her projects I Live Here Now and Keepers of the Inn, using photography NFTs to crowdfund her projects and bypass the traditional Hollywood gatekeepers. Before we dive in, we'd like to encourage you to sign up for our weekly newsletter at nftnow.com newsletter. Each week, we distill everything happening in the Web3 space into actionable insights straight to your inbox. Without any further ado, Julie Pacino. Julie Pacino on the NFT Now podcast. So glad to have you on. How you doing? I'm great. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. I see the picture in the background. The the I live here now. That's right. That looks great. That's right. Wow. That one that one resides in the uh, in the Medved vault. Um, full disclosure, I am a holder. So <laughs> love it. Awesome. Well, before we dive into I Live Here Now, let's just talk a little bit of backstory. Like, how did you get into the film space and discover Web3? Um, I mean, movie making has been uh, obviously a part of my life um, since I was born. So, I, you know, I've, I've always known that it's what I wanted to do. Um, I started working professionally in the business in 2009. Um, and just really started as like a production assistant. Um, I did a little bit of film school at the New York Film Academy, and then I just immediately dove into PA gigs and just wanted to be on as many sets as possible and um, was really a sponge for the first couple years. And it was a great way to learn and just kind of get like thrown into the into the fire. And um and yeah, so I, I worked my way up that way uh, into production coordinating, into full-on producing. And then in, I would say, 2000, around 2016, um, I started directing. And uh, that was really valuable to start off as a producer because to see that side and the sort of nuts and bolts of how a movie is made is really helpful when you're directing and you're like the captain of the ship. You, it's important um, to know how everything is operating and what's supposed to be 
going on. And uh, and so I think that like that experience helped me versus what you might get in in a film school. Um, but regardless, I started directing in 2016, started doing short films, um, just kind of banged them out. And um, and here we are in 2023. I've just finished directing my first feature. It's it was a fucking whirlwind, but um, but amazing. And I'm really excited about it. And yeah, Web3, I was onboarded in, uh, I guess it was, when was it? it was like March of 2021 um, by Will Sabas and Benny and Ian. Those guys really helped me get into the space, t- educated me, onboarded me, answered my questions when I was scared of MetaMask and terrified that I was going to lose a bunch of money. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's like when I sort of entered the space and I was very quiet and observant for a few months. And then, um, of course, you know, in August of 2021, I I did my first drop. I live here now and, and the rest is, is crazy history. Yeah. Let's, let's go back to that first drop and, and the, I live here now project. Like tell us a little bit about the vision for I live here now and how, um, you know, you decided to, uh, you know, sort of use Web3 as a platform to, uh, to bring that to life. Yeah, I, so I live here now, um, started as photographs that I took with some friends uh, at the Madonna Inn. And um, I wasn't intending for it to be a movie uh, at any point during the taking of these photos. I was just kind of messing around uh, with some film cameras and some friends and just having fun. And when I got the film developed, uh, I realized that that there were um, that there were when I got the film developed, I realized that there were uh, characters that I had like kind of accidentally captured. And um, and so I wrote a script based off of the off of the photos. And uh, I would say I had I had the first draft done like around the time that I was getting into the NFT space. And it was Will who told me uh, about photography because Justin Aversano had just done the twin flames drop. And that was like really starting to, uh, to catch on. And, and Will, Will called it. I mean, he said photography is going to be really big in this space. And, um, and he, he explained to me just kind of like the, the theory of the blockchain and ownership and um, bringing back power to the creators and, and kind of the ethos of, of the space. And, I thought, hey, like, you know, these photos have already inspired a screenplay. Like, what if I were to bring them into the NFT space and kind of like present this story or this question to the audience and the collectors of like, what, who do you think these people are? And and would you want to find out more? It's sort of a way to test the waters. And, um, and yeah, the drop we sold out in like under an hour. That was just one of the craziest days of my life. I couldn't believe that, you know, when Will first explained to me the concept of of JPEGs, like I just, it was so hard to wrap my head around someone wanting to own that. But but as soon as I started making those sales and connecting with my collectors and having stimulating conversations about my artwork and people wanted to know, you know, what this movie was and who these characters were. And um, immediately I, I was just, I just understood in a second, like, what everyone had been telling me about the space and and the benefits and basically just being seen uh, 
as an artist, like and acknowledged as an artist and told that my art has value and is worth someone's attention. It's really validating. So it was, it was incredible. Love that. And then I know that um, I live here now then uh, led to Keepers of the Inn, um, you know, with like the photography from the actual uh, uh, rehearsal process and the like, too. And, you know, I'm just curious to hear a little bit more about that. And then, you know, just sort of like at a at how how you kind of saw these, you know, the photography and this element being able to really create um, like a crowdfund in a sense to, to help like really um, bring bring your ideas to life. Yeah, I so once we sold out, um, I live here now and, you know, I started connecting with my collectors and building a real community around the movie. It became a very natural next step to pursue a larger scale collection. And when I'm writing, um, typically after I have a first draft of anything that I write, I, I like to uh, to rehearse it and hear it out loud and stand it up. You know, it's it's always really fun. My friends are are all actors or filmmakers, so we'll just get together and we'll just start messing around with the material. And it's really helpful in the writing process to hear it um, outside of my own head. And so I do that anyway. And and um, and so I was at the point with the script where it was time to write another draft. And so we took the draft as it was, and we went and we shot more photos and we rehearsed, but you know, different than we typically do it. We were like in costume and we were on sets and we were, you know, uh, in really in character and emoting and kind of in areas just throughout the script and, and kind of did our own thing and, and watched what happened. And, um, and I, yeah, I mean, I captured some incredible stills that, um, that some of which were recreated in the actual finished film itself, um, which was really cool. And, uh, and yeah, so that collection was uh, about 3,400 photos that we sold out over the course of three weeks uh, at the end of 2021. And um, and that enabled us to green light the movie and also to launch some other really great initiatives in um, the Keepers of the Inn grant, which funded short films for other women um, in the space. And actually, just last week, we had a call with one of our grant winners and she's just finished production on hers and and put this whole presentation together and uh, showed us some stills from the movie and it looks fucking phenomenal. And so like that's that was always a big thing for me too, uh, just wanting to create other opportunities for other people because I know how good it feels as an artist to be seen and heard and to be told that your story um, has an audience. And so um, yeah, selling out that collection enabled us to do many many things and um really help with the development of the creative of the movie because i had these photos i was having conversations with people about the scenes that we shot and what those scenes meant to them and people were picking up things in the photos that i didn't even realize were there just sort of subconscious um artistic uh, blessings and um, and then I was able to go into the rewrite and really illuminate those things and the story kind of unfolded in that way. It's definitely not a conventional way to to write a script or or make a movie, but um, but for this one, being my first feature, being a really personal story, like it's it's it kind of had to be this way. It's 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 alive, you know. I love that. I love that. Um, 
you know, that's, that's a really interesting concept that like by creating a sense of community ownership around the work before it was even had finished its full, fully finished form, you're also able to kind of get that, that, get that feedback, get that like energetic and creative, like cross pollination, which may have actually changed uh, or impacted or, or helped develop or evolve and flesh out uh, elements of storytelling in the final product. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about this project and my community members is is there are few community members who have read the script who are really emotionally and creatively invested and who want to see the process from the beginning because to me that's the most magical thing about any art but but I make movies so the most magical thing about movies is like having an idea and then suddenly you go through this like Im- this incredible intense process and then you're just like watching it on a screen and so it's like really cool to be able to look back and see the photos that I originally shot and then look at scenes in my movie and be like holy fuck like it's it's you you can see where the seed was planted and and how it turned into this beautiful lush garden and some of my community members are are really excited about that process some also are are like call me when I can see it I can't wait but others really are are engaged and want to know how a movie is made um and so it's been, yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely, this whole process has absolutely fed and shaped the creative process. And I'm so grateful for that, especially. I love that. How do you feel like looking at that as like almost like a case study, like how do you feel like Web3 is sort of helping like level the playing fields for like creatives, filmmakers who are looking to bring projects to life in big ways and also, you know, not having to go through the traditional, you know, channels to do so? I think, yeah, it's, it's the space is great because it can connect creators to their audience. And, um, you know, it, that is, that can certainly be a way to sidestep gatekeepers in the industry because then, you know, I experienced it with my movie. I was able to, to walk into industry meetings with proof that I had an audience that was engaged and wanted to see this film and a community that wanted to partake in in certain aspects of it. And so when you're talking about the business of making and marketing a movie, that really opens everything up once the film's finished to different activations, different things that people can get excited about beyond the 90-minute experience of watching it in a theater. We can get people out of the house for, you know, theatrical events. We can send people on scavenger hunts. There's there's things that people will want to do to enhance the movie going experience. And and to me, that's the most exciting thing about Web3 beyond crowdfunding, um, beyond, you know, access to the trailer before anyone else gets to see it is really bridging the gap and getting people into immersing themselves in the story. That's what I like to do when I when I see a movie. I always talk about eyes wide shut. Like if there had been a Web3 component to that, um, how exciting that would be to just, you know, wonder what the next week would bring or what invitations to some strange sleep no more style event I could go to. And 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 so um, as I'm in post-production right now and I'm looking forward to the marketing, you know, and what's to come in 2024 with this movie, like those are the conversations that I'm having. And and um, and, you know, Web3 can help level that playing field by you simply connecting artists with their audiences. And it doesn't mean that it's easy. It, you know, in fact, it's it can be more challenging because you really have to show up every day um, and put the hours in. And, and you know, it's it, there there are no 
handouts. It's, you know, people are, are listening, which is great, but, um, but, you know, you have to be able to talk about what it, what exactly your why is, you know, why, why are you doing this? What are you saying? And so, um, that's, that's, I think why I found success in this space because, um, you know, I really have things to say through, through this medium. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talk about kind of like the traditional gatekeepers and the the Hollywood systems, you know, obviously, um, we are having this conversation against the backdrop of the Writers Guild of America strike, which is, you know, made a lot of headlines and is obviously impacting the Hollywood uh, space in, in many ways. I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts on that current strike? And do you feel like there's a like there's a way that Web3 technology and, and what we're what we're building in the space could actually be a positive impact? Yeah, this the strike is tough. Um, there's, I think at the root of it is, uh, creators just wanting to be acknowledged and fairly compensated for their work that studios are profiting off of. And so I definitely think that there's something in that that's really similar to what a lot of us are fighting for in the web three space. Uh, just, acknowledgement and and royalties which is another uh, another conversation but um you know just just fair 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 compensation like the studios make so much money um and none of it exists without the creators without the actors and definitely not without the um writers so i you know i think also there could be some potential for transparency just in terms of movie movies spending and budgets and the blockchain like it's that's that's the other thing we love about this space is just being able to see proof of you know ownership proof of where where money is spent and how it's spent and who's being compensated and so i think that uh you know there could be a future in that and um it, certainly a big change needs to happen and uh, yeah i just think that that this space offers uh some solutions, not all solutions, but some solutions. So we'll see how things evolve, but hopefully it gets sorted out soon because, you know, there's, there are a lot of people who are, uh, we're out of work right now. And that's really frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you mentioned the royalties debate, obviously, the royalties, obviously, like that debate is a ever present conversation in Web3, especially as of late. How do you feel like that, like royalties fit into the film world? I mean, royalty, like, the thing that's tricky in the film world is more so transparency because by the time you would get to receiving a royalty, the film will have had to have made its money back, right? And so that's where it gets tricky where a studio is being secretive about the marketing money they're spending. Maybe sometimes they'll say they've spent more on marketing and the film's generating profit and, and they're claiming that they haven't recouped yet on their marketing when really they have. Um, so that, I mean, not to be pessimistic, pessimistic, but, um, but like, that's the issue in the film world is just like, it takes so long to get to the point where you're even, where you would even be receiving your back end royalties. Um, but of course on the studio films that are making hundreds of millions of dollars, it's, it's, um, yeah, they just, they, they screw a lot of people, uh, out of those percentages. And, and I think that it's just, it's, it's only fair that artists profit, on the back end of the work that they've made and and same with nfts if i sell a photo to someone and then um you know i'm working my ass off to build up my own value and then that person sells the photo to someone else for a large amount of money i should see some kickback on that because it's the value 
is based on the work that I'm putting into it. Um, I think it's quite simple. I don't understand why there's such a debate uh, around it. I really don't. And it's been explained to me and it's just none of it is. Um, I don't. Yeah, I just I, I don't think it's a topic for discussion like like it's 10 percent or whatever percent is like, come on, just give it to the person that made the thing. For sure. And I, and I know that, um, you know, one of the narratives that's also driving the uh, the conversations with the Hollywood strike, you know, is uh, the rise of generative AI and what like what role that can play in in film and, and potentially also like, you know, to the disadvantage of, of actors or the like. And so I'm curious, like, how how are you thinking about like the intersection of AI and and web and well AI and and film uh, also with with the Web three angle if there is one? Yeah, um, AI is like it's all the things. It's like terrifying but incredibly exciting and confusing but fascinating. Um, I used AI uh, in pre production when I was putting together visual references for what I wanted um, this in this hotel to look like because we built the whole thing on on a soundstage. So that was really cool to be able to use it in that way to sort of feed it um, prompts or even sometimes I would feed it um, descriptions from the, the actual script. And, um, and, and it really was helpful to me as a director to be able to communicate um, with visual, you know, in, to communicate in a visual way with my department heads um, as opposed to explaining how I wanted it to look, I could just kind of explain it to the computer. It would spit something out and then I could give some actual tangible examples. So that was really helpful. And in terms of the acting and I don't really know, I, I wish I knew, I, I wish I knew a solution. Uh, it, that's kind of the scary part. Right. And, you know, even with, um, my dad being who he is, it, it's, it's strange. I had someone send me a letter um, that they had AI write uh, as my dad. Um, you know, when when we did the MoonPay, the, the MoonPay sale in in May, um, someone wrote like a, a letter uh, about like was my dad like commenting on the partnership and um, and I swear like if yeah like I if I didn't know that it was AI, I it. it I wouldn't I would have probably believed that it was uh, that it was written by him because it just had his cadence and the way he speak like it just it it was like a letter that or an email I've I've received from him. Um, so that was pretty scary. And, and it's it can it's so hard to distinguish the difference. Uh, and I don't I really don't know what the solution is. I'm sure there are people who are smarter me smarter than me out there that are figuring it out. I hope because it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I know that like the, the conversation around, you know, how AI is going to impact writers across the board is obviously a, a really significant one. It's one that we're having in the media space. It's one that, you know, obviously the film world is grappling with and, and the like, too. Um, but like you said, there are also these like kind of it can be a really creative tool um, as well. So there's kind of like a, a bit of like a paradox circle or maybe it is just the, na the nature of this technology that there's always going to be pros and cons totally a double-edged sword like it's it is and um yeah there just needs to be some way to control the use of a person's likeness i think um i'm not too worried about ai writing scripts better than than people um 
although I've written some pretty bad scripts, so maybe maybe I should be, but there there's the human element that is I don't know, maybe I like romanticize filmmaking, but there's there is a, a human element I think it, that is uh intangible but but felt that uh if it's an actor giving a performance or um or reading something that someone has actually written and expressed uh i don't think that that can ever be matched um but yeah maybe some of the more like commercial you know b movies that action b movies that get banged out in in 10 shoot days like maybe maybe those will will be able to be written and performed by ai and i don't yeah i'm not i wouldn't complain i don't see those movies anyway so for sure, and and you you, d- you did mention your father, obviously Al Pacino, an, an amazing legacy in in the film world. Um, I'm curious, like, if does he have any perspective on like Web three or NFTs or, or like conversations that that you've had? Um, you know, I it it's I think like the whole tech conversation is, uh, is we haven't really like like had a full on uh, discussion about it, but um, but I have been able to tell him about my success as a photographer in the face in, in the space and tell him about some of the things that I'm doing um, on the filmmaking side. And, um, and he's, I, you know, he's always been excited about it. And I think just shares my view or, or I share his view that um, that artist should be celebrated and um, everything that I know about living life as an artist, I, I learned from him. He's, he is the ultimate, uh, the ultimate artist, and and so the the conversations around the art have been really fun with him. I love that. I love that, and super exciting to hear that I live here now is in post production. Um, what was that process like to get it to this point? What were like, or any challenges along the way? Any anecdotes or like interesting stories about um, about the the making of the film? Oh man, I have so many war stories. I swear, it's it was. I mean, it was a battle. Uh, Let's hear them. Let's hear them. It was it was a battle because it's you know uh, it's a really it's a really creative film about um, a topic and a subject that is scary for people in uh, female trauma and um, and it deals with abortion. And so, uh, you know, even even though I had full control as as the director and as an artist, of course, I bumped up against producers or um, or studio uh, execs who uh, just didn't really understand the uh, the vision and so uh, I you know during the making of the film I was every day I was fighting for my art um, every day just just fighting for the creative integrity and um, and you know I, I don't want to say defending but um, but proving my vision and uh, and showing you know why I was making certain decisions, um, and so, and, and and but I but it in the process, like at no point did I ever feel like I compromised my vision, and that's um, that's the best feeling uh, as a director walking away from, uh, you know, wrapping shooting, walking away from it, and and feeling like at no point did um did I pull any punches and. Uh, and we shot it entirely on 35 millimeter Kodak film. It looks phenomenal. It's been so cool to sift through the footage and and see everything because you know when you're in the 
when you're in the thick of production, it, it's um, it's such a beautiful thing because I, I find myself to be so present when we're shooting that it's almost like I forget we're making a film. I'm just in it with the actors, with my collaborators. And, um, you know, when we're when we're rolling on a take and I'm watching it on the monitor, like, yes, I'm the audience and I'm I'm watching it from that perspective. But in between in between setups and stuff, it's just this this incredible, um, you know, nothing matters but the present moment. And it's uh, it's it's really I know why I do why I do it is just to get to that blissful, um, you know, moment of creation it's like what it's all for um and you just get to paint on set and so yeah i'm i i can't wait to i can't wait to get this thing out there and i think i'll have a trailer within the next couple weeks so that'll be really fun to share but um i'm really really proud of this movie and it 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 turned out better than i could have ever imagined and um yeah i'm excited Amazing. Well, now I'm excited too, you know, to, to, to see it and to check it out. Um, so, you know, now that, now that you're in post-production, like what's next, like what are the next steps? Um, and, and what are you looking ahead to So, yeah, we're, um, I'm just now starting to, to edit. Uh, and so that'll take a couple months and then, you know, music, sound design, color correction, visual effects, like all these things. Um, it's filmmaking is so, is so challenging because, you know, once once I finished the edit and I have it, you know, okay, here's here are all the shots that are in my 90 minute movie. It's like it's still only like one third of the way finished. There are so many things that you can do with music and sound to help tell the story, especially in a movie like this. The, the film is a psychological horror. It's very subjective. And so those elements, those sound cues are really going to help the audience understand the you know what I'm going for, um, and so the process is uh, is tedious and long and grueling, um, but it's beautiful. And so uh, so that's what's next is just getting the the picture locked and then um, diving into these other elements, sound and, and music that really, especially in, in this genre, really help tell the story. Um, so hopefully. We'll have everything done at some point in early 2024 and, you know, we'll sort of see where we go from there. We, we have a great distribution company attached that's representing the film um, in Utopia and, um, you know, we'll kind of see what we want to do, if, you know, probably some sort of festival run and then um, and then a theatrical release will be really awesome for this. I want people to see it on the big screen. I love that. I love that. I know it's uh, early to to speak to, but are you thinking about some sort of like Web three mechanism for for its or, or to accompany its its release as well? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and it's it's definitely not early. Yeah, we're we're talking about that. We're strategizing that um, the film is really, like I said, we built the whole in um, that she goes to. We we built the whole thing on a soundstage, so. There are different rooms that she's in. There's this really crazy pink lobby. Um, and so, you know, we've we've got a lot of ideas, art installations, like I mentioned earlier, immersive theatrical experiences that can help expand the universe of the movie. Um, so definitely I, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff that comes once the film is done and once the film is, is released that we'll be able to roll out. And um, yeah, I really can't wait to get to that point. That's that's the fun part, the entertaining part. Um, it's going to be really cool. 
I love that. Look, you've obviously been like, you know, one of the early movers with the at the intersection of film and Web3. You've been a champion for the technology and the space. Obviously, we are in the depths of a bear market where, you know, mainstream interest is a bit uh, has has subsided quite a bit. And so I'm curious, like, what are you hearing from like, you know, navigating Hollywood, uh, you know, and and what is sort of like, you know, like the perspectives that you're that you're seeing as you think about like uh, the future of the intersection of those spaces? I mean, yeah, it's I've just stopped saying NFT. I've just stopped saying NFT. Like I don't use those those letters in that order anymore. Um, no, I, I like the Hollywood is in disarray right now. I mean, it's with the strike, with the strikes and just everything, the types of movies that are being made. Like I just I really think that there's a real craving for change uh, in, in this business. Um on the business side and also on the creative side. Now, everything, everywhere, all at once, winning the Oscar last year was so fucking huge because that is an indie through and through and it's a risky way to tell a story and it's bold. And so um, overall, I'm I'm really bullish about like the future of Hollywood. I also think TV has become like really oversaturated. So I think that... Um, that movies are making a comeback. And obviously with Barbie and Oppenheimer, like that people got out of that house to go see those films. Like, yes, those are big studio projects. Those aren't little indie uh, films. So like with a grain of salt. Um, but I, I, you know, I think that the bottom line is that the, the industry is ready for change. And so I think that that creates a really interesting opening with the web three technology um, and the mindset of Web3 and of NFTs, I, I think that there's synergy there. Um, and for me, it's just been about, I've had some really interesting conversations with some people uh, in the business, just kind of, you know, preliminary things, just, just, it seems like people are more open and receptive to listening to anything that would provide some sort of change. Uh, so that's been one benefit of, of, all of this stuff coming to a head. For sure. No, great points across the board there. I'm curious, like, and you may actually have these conversations on the regular, but like, what, what would you tell Hollywood creators who might be hesitant to dip their toes into Web3? Um, well, I guess I would just want to know why they're, why, like, uh, why are you hesitant? And then, um, you know, I'm sure there would be a bunch of comments about whatever we hear the same things over and over again. Uh, I think I would just, I would just share my experience and um, kind of. I don't. There's not a lot to lose by uh, trying things this way. And um, yeah, that's basically it. Absolutely. You you mentioned obviously the Oscar win. Um, you know, I'm curious what what else are you seeing you that's like really what are you seeing right now that's really inspiring you about like the future of film and its intersection with Web three. I mean. Yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, A24, Neon, you know, SpectraVision, Utopia, who's, who's our distribution company. Like, it seems to be that there are, it's kind of like when TV had its had its real uh, golden age, you know, when, when TV executives were giving opportunities to filmmakers who were... I, inexperienced who had maybe only done a thing or two 
um, and not, but but who had like real distinctive styles and um, and had a real clear vision. And so I I think that what I what I'm seeing is um, is filmmakers who have things to say being listened to and being given the resources to tell interesting, unique stories. I'm seeing much more of that. And again, yeah, the success of that film at the Oscars last year is proof that it can not only can you express yourself through a film, but like it can be viable and do really well and people will go see it. Uh, And so I'm I think there are more risks being taken um, in independent film than uh, ever before in, in my in my professional career um, than I've ever seen. So I think some of the outdated formulas are, are people are scrapping those and focusing on good quality content. And that's, that's what we need. And that's what was happening when TV really had its, its rise. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to also do that myself. You know, once we've got this film under our belt and out and, you know, I'm, I'm, interested in empowering other filmmakers um you know and and connecting them to resources and you know that side of producing even though i'm i like to focus on directing now like that side of producing uh i really i really love and and have always loved and will continue to do amazing amazing well look um anything else on i live here now or what's next that you didn't get a chance to speak to would love to uh, as we as we uh, as we look ahead towards towards its release, make sure everyone's in the loop. Um, yeah, just pray for me, I think, uh, because I've I'm in post productioning, and anyone that knows what that's like, uh, just like keep me in your thoughts. No, I uh, I no, I don't have anything else to share. Like I, I'm, um, I, I'll, I'll have a trailer soon. That's that's kind of my what I'll leave what I'll leave everything on, and um, and I'm just so excited for people to see this movie uh, and to be able to share that experience with the this community and the people that you know believed in me since day one um i think everyone who's who holds one of my nfts or a keepers of the yin asset or an i live here now asset like everyone will be really proud when they see the the finished product and uh yeah i'm 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 just so excited Amazing. Amazing. Uh, well, we have our rapid fire segment, Bullish or Bearish now. Um, why don't we kick it off with uh, with one that's, you know, we, we kind of touched upon it, but it's context in Hollywood. But um, I'm curious, like, are you bullish or bearish about the future of creator royalties in Web3? Uh, yeah, I'm bullish. I think that um, I think in the end that that artists are we have there, we have strength in numbers, and I think that uh, royalties ultimately will be honored. And I think anyone that's not honoring royalties is uh, won't stand the test of time. So we shall see. It is um, bullish or bearish on AI in the film industry. Um, I would say <laughs> that's uh, bearish. I, I'm I'm more scared than I am excited about it. Fair. That's fair. Um, bullish or bearish on like a, a quick resolution to this writer's, uh, to this writer's strike. I'm bearish. I think everything I've been hearing is that the, the sides are really far apart. And, um, and I think that with, in order to, to get real change and to get through to some of these really rich corporate dudes, um, it's going to take time. So uh, 
So I'm bearish on a quick solution, but I'm bullish on a solution because the world uh, cannot live without art and entertainment. Final one. I know we spoke mostly about its intersection in Hollywood, but also in curious about your your thoughts around like the intersection of like bullish or bearish on like the intersection of Web3 and television. Um, I'm fucking bullish because I think that I think TV is getting a little bit I think like is is on the decline. Um, and so something's got to spark that as well. Like I, I just it's. There's just, don't you just feel like every day someone's like, you got to see this TV show. It's just like, I don't, I mean, I've never even heard of it. It's like, there are, uh, there's, there's so much content. Um, so I think that there needs to be a more streamlined way to experience it. And also just some, some, something to set all of these mini series and uh, limited series, all these things apart something to set them apart so i think incorporating some sort of web3 element um could help that so i'm i'm bullish about that intersection amazing well julie it is always a pleasure catching up with you congratulations on all the progress with i live here now and really excited to see the trailer and the finished product when uh when the time is right I'm so excited. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. And, and thanks to NFT Now and, and everything you guys do to support artists. I love you guys so much. You're the best. Love that conversation. Uh, Julie's always pushing things forward with positivity and intention. And I really appreciated her insights on the current Hollywood writer strike, the rise of AI, and how Web3 can help filmmakers bring their ideas to life. Before we go, we are set to take over Seoul next week for the Gateway Korea as one of the main events of Korea Blockchain Week. From September 6th to 8th, we'll be partnering with FactBlock to bring the Web3 community together for an immersive audiovisual gallery featuring leading artists, as well as fireside chats, keynote speakers, and more. To get involved, go to nftnow.com gateway Korea. Until next time, we will see you again on the NFT Now podcast.